connected with it. You have stuff at the hub, even the the papers and stuff, so you can even pick that up on your way out. Um, so we we love babies, but but we got to admit that they're a lot of work, right? I mean, babies are are much more work than you think they're going to be when you first are, are thinking about it. Remember before you had children and you thought you knew everything. Um, and, and, you know, my kids are not going to do that. Yeah. And then, and then you have babies and you're like, oh yeah, they are. Um, I remember when we had babies and you, you couldn't go anywhere without having all this stuff. And, and I used to comment, how does something so little need so much stuff? But, but you had to pack up all this stuff. And I see some parents nodding because you remember. You had to have the diaper bag and the carrier and the thing and the thing and the other thing. And you bring all this stuff. And, and if we're honest, they're kind of messy, right? I mean, they don't do a good job of cleaning up after themselves. Um, they're they're kind of loud because when they don't get what they want, they, you know, let you know. Um, they, they, want a great, they require a great deal of care and attention. And, and, but ask any parent and they'll totally tell you it's worth it because they don't stay there, Right? Babies don't stay babies. As much as we love babies, we would never wish for any child to stay in that state forever. Babies are supposed to grow up. That's what they're supposed to do. That's, that's nature. They're supposed to mature. We want babies to grow up. Now, Will Ferrell's made a good career out of being a, a, a man-child um, that's, that's grown up but not grown up. And uh, most all of his movies, uh, at least the early ones, he played that same character, the, 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 the man that's, that's not really a man. Whether it be Buddy the Elf or Ricky Bobby, he was still the, the, the grown-up that's, that's not really grown. And if Hillary was here, she'd probably tell you that he's not the only one that's not really mature. But we won't talk about that because she's not here. Um, in real life, though, that character's not really funny. The, the, the man that doesn't ever grow up it is not really funny. We like babies, uh, but, but the problem, and, and we have an epidemic in, in churches today, not just Huntsville Church of Christ, but churches everywhere, and, and that epidemic that nobody talks about is, is spiritual infancy. We have spiritual babies who've never grown up. Now, it's not always the, the individual's fault. It has nothing to do with age or denomination. There are scores of Christians who were taught growing up that your job was to come get dunked. And once you were dunked, then you just sat around waiting to go to heaven. And it's done. That's baby, okay? That new birth happens. But if you don't ever grow past that birth, you're still stuck in that spiritual infancy. But a lot of people have been taught that that babyhood, that spiritual infancy, is, is where you're supposed to live. And that's not biblical. That's not what God is calling us to. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn over to Ephesians chapter 4, because that's where we're going to be. We've started a new series this year that I'm, I'm calling Belong. Um, and, and we're talking about belonging, not just to this church, but how you belong in the kingdom of God. Uh, we began last week by talking about God calling you. Before you chose God, He chose you. And, and that God wanted you. God chose you way long time ago before you ever even knew what you were doing. Today, I want to jump into more of a so what. You're called, you're saved, you're justified, but, but so what? What now? 
that, that you, you've experienced new birth, but once you've been born, what are you supposed to do with it? You're just supposed to sit around and wait to die? Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to start with verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Hang on there just a second. Let's stop. What does that mean? Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Now, remember last week I told you that God chose you not on the basis of anything you did. So now is Paul coming around and going back that, that you are supposed to live in a way that makes you worthy of, of the call? Well, let's talk about this. It harkens back to what Paul was talking about in chapter 1. And, and it's going to pervade most of what he addresses throughout the book of Ephesians. Because God called you not because of anything you did or can do, but because of who he is. Now, we call that grace. But ultimately, whenever you talk about grace, somebody gets the idea that this means you don't need to live a certain way. I can just do whatever I want to because God's going to love me anyway. That you don't need to be moral. You don't need to strive to be righteous. But, but that, again, is another form of spiritual infancy. Because we walk in righteousness not because it's going to make God love me more. Not because it's going to, to buy my way into heaven. Uh, we walk according to the calling to which we've been called. Not that we earn grace, but, but not that we deserve forgiveness, but, but we walk as sons and daughters of the King. And we hold ourselves to a standard that's not based on who we are, but based on who He is. Paul's going to elaborate. Uh, start again. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of of Christ's gifts. So there's your list of qualifications. We talked in class this morning about, about uh, officials in the church and how, how uh, we, we look at these things as qualifications. They're not qualifications. They're actually qualities giving you a total picture. This, this is the same thing right here. These are qualities that demonstrate a total picture of what walking according to your calling looks like. Now, what are those qualities? Humility, gentleness, patience, Bearing with one another in love, maintaining the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, let's talk about this because unity does not mean uniformity. Because we get those two confused, right? Too many people teach that, that unity means that we all have to be the same. Everybody, who, everybody that, that, that holds themselves up to a standard that, that you need to hold up to the same standard that I'm holding up to. We all need to be the same. We all need to think the same. We all need to speak the same. We all need to act the same. That's not unity. That's uniformity. And, and those are two different things. It, it, because most of the time, those people who are holding that up, their standard looks a lot like them. They want you to change and become like them. You need to be more like me, and if you were just like, more like me, you, you'd be okay. But th there are churches on every street corner in, in, in different towns because of this. Because if you don't think like me, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's spiritual infancy. That's toddlers. That's I'm going to take my bat and ball and go home if you don't play by my rules. And that's spiritual infancy. That's babies. One of the reasons you belong here 
at Huntsville Church of Christ is because you don't have to be uniform. See, there's no creeds on the wall. When you walked in, we didn't make you recite a creed that said that, that, that you believed a certain way or a certain thing. There, there's no statement that you have to read and sign off on to be a, a part of this church. We have in Churches of Christ what we call congregational autonomy. Now, what that means really simply is that there's no home office. We don't have a pope. We don't have a, uh, a central association. We don't have a presbytery. We don't have any kind of group that's going to tell us that our church has to be a certain way. Now, there have been people who tried to make it that way. We tried to make universities or, or brotherhood publications or those kind of things, the, the creed or the thing. But that doesn't, that doesn't fly, and we didn't buy into that. We have congregational autonomy, which means that there's not a home office that's telling you what this has got to look like. We are our own congregation. Now, and so you get people, and they'll ask me, well, what does the Church of Christ teach about blah, blah, blah? And I say, well, it depends on which one. Well, what does the Church of Christ believe about such and such? Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. I, that's not important to me. Well, this church down the street believes this. Well, that's fine. They're not my problem. I don't care about them. I care about this church. This is where my focus is because we have the autonomy. We have congregational autonomy, and we are our own thing. Now, that, not to be rude or mean or judgmental, but, but the Bible is our only creed, our only criteria. And, and so we believe in unity, but not necessarily uniformity. Because the, the things that Paul talks about next, these are the non-negotiables. Look at verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. These are our points of unity. We unite in the fact that there is one God, one Lord, one faith. We come together because those are the things that we unite over. Now, there may be little trivial things that we're going to differ from somebody else on, and that's fine because it doesn't matter. And you may think one way, and I may think a different way, and that's fine as long as it's not about the core important thing. Does that make sense? And so the, the idea is we come together as a body because we are following the head. This time of year, we see a lot of people getting fit, right? Statistics show you that, that there are more gym memberships started in January than any other month of the year because we all have those resolutions, right? January 1st, we're going to get healthy. This is going to be the year that I'm going to go to the gym every week and I'm going to get fit. And usually we make it to February, um, and that's if we're doing good, right? Um, there, there are lots of people, if, you're, if, you're, if that's your resolution this year, we have people in our congregation, I'll point you to them, they'll help you do that. Um, that's their business, that's what they do, and they do a great job of it. So, but this time of year, we're, we're, we see a lot of stuff about bodybuilding. Paul says one of the goals of the church is bodybuilding. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body 
of Christ. Paul says we are each gifted in a certain way. Each of us has been given gifts and abilities. You have gifts and abilities that I don't have. You have things that you can do that I can't do, and, and vice versa. But when we come together, we become a body that, as John was talking about this morning, can be victorious, that is unstoppable. And Paul says, each one of those gifts was given to us for what? For equipping the saints, that's you, the church, for work. For works of service. That's that same word we talked about in class this morning, diakonos. That equipping the saints for kicking up dust. That's what that word means. Being busy about the work of the Lord. That, that the whole point of each one of those gifts that we're given, that each one of those gifts that we're given are given to us not so that I can be famous, not so that I can be wealthy, not so that I can be well-liked. They are given to me for the building up of the body of Christ. That's what I'm serving. I'm serving Jesus. I'm serving to build up the body of Christ. See, you belong in a body. You were made to be part of a body. God gave you specific gifts, specific talents, specific abilities that, that you can't have on your own. Now, it's popular nowadays for, for people to say, well, I have a personal faith, but I don't believe in church. That's, that doesn't happen. That's not Christianity. Christianity is about being in community because it's messy. And, and it's loud, and, 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 it's, and it's a lot of work. It's easy for me to sit home and, and to stay in my insulated little world and not have to deal with people that don't believe the same way that I do, not have to deal with people that, that, that think differently than me, not have to deal with people that are different socioeconomically or, or ethnically or any other way, but that's not Christianity. Christianity, following Jesus Christ, is being part of a body. And so you are made to belong in a body. See, He equipped you. He, he gifted you with unique abilities that the body needs to do its job, to do its work. And what is its service? What is its work? Equipping the saints for works of service for the building up of the body of Christ. Paul says that while we may mark some as specific representatives and leaders within the church, ministers, deacons, shepherds, that, that we are all equipped for service, diakonos, to be about the business of service. And, and so that service is serving Jesus, building up the body of Christ. Uh, pick it up in verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of for building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we're no longer children tossed about to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, we grow 
into Christ. We grow up in the measure of the full stature of the fullness of Christ. We grow up into maturity. And the primary marker of that maturity is what? Well, I've been a Christian for 85 years. No. Because I can tell you, I know some 80-year-olds that are still spiritual babies. Well, what is the marker of that? Paul says it real simply. It's love. Speaking the truth in love. Building up the body in love. Love is the marker of spiritual maturity because love is true belonging. When you are loved, when you are truly loved, you truly belong. Not because of anything you do, not because of anything you don't do, but because you are loved. I tell my girls all the time, there is nothing you can do that will make me stop loving you. Now, doesn't mean I won't be disappointed. Doesn't mean I may not be upset. May not mean that I don't like all your choices. But there's nothing you can do that will make me love you less or more. There's nothing you can do that will make me stop loving you. God says the same thing. You're growing up into love. And that's what true belonging looks like, love. This morning, you belong in the body of Christ. Not just because you were chosen or called, but because you are a unique part of that body. You've been gifted with specific gifts which are to be used to build up that body. We need you connected and doing your part so that you, me, the entire church may grow up into Christ. And that's what we want to do. We want to connect. We want to be part of that body. We, we want to find a place where we can kick up dust and be about the business of serving, equipping the saints for the work of service, for ministry, for, for being about the business of the body of Christ. You belong in a body. If you're not part of a body this morning, I encourage you to, uh, to, to come and commit to that. Whether you do it online, if you're home because you don't feel comfortable getting out yet, message us. We want you to be a part of this body. And you can be a part of this body through your Facebook. We can still equip you. We can still use the gifts that you've been equipped with. Even if you're not here, we can, you can still find ways to be part of this body and to be part of the mission of this body. You belong in a body. If we can help you connect, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to pray for you. We're going we're gonna, to... Uh, offer this opportunity for you to come and, and to, to, to confess that, that you want Jesus to be in control, to, to repent and to turn from the way you were going, to be buried with him in baptism and rise a new creature filled with that Spirit of God. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will come to live in your mortal body and give you life and you become connected, an integral part of the body of Christ. If we can help you in any way, I encourage you to come right now while together we stand and sing.